everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the I'll Be Back podcast. Uh, this week, we are joined by a really cool guest, uh, somebody I've been uh, really happy to, he said he would come on, and uh, super excited to introduce him here, Pat Egan of 97.5. Pat, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, no, no problem. I appreciate it. Now, uh, it's uh, it's really cool, uh, you know, doing this. I've gotten to talk to some cool personalities, and I'm going to put you up there for me right now. This is uh, really fun to do, and uh, really excited to talk some Temple football with you and uh, some Temple sports. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i looking forward to it, too. It's very rare that I get to talk about Temple with people that love it uh, as much or more than I do, so this should be fun. Um, I am drinking a Miller Lite. Uh, Pat is being a good guy on a Monday and not having a drink, so I respect it. Yeah, um, sober, sober Monday. <laughs> um, that's why I stuck with the Miller Lite. I want to go. Didn't want to go too crazy. Um, so Pat, we'll we'll talk about the game that happened over the weekend. Um, but first, I always like to start off and just kind of finding out how people became a fan of Temple sports. You know, Temple football specifically, because it's a you know it's kind of a, a niche uh, category. It's not like we've got national titles and stuff to uh, run with. So, and you weren't hey, even we, a Temple. You weren't even we a Temple student. <laughs> We yeah. have game day in 2015. That's what we have. Yes, we, we were still riding high from the Penn State win. Um, but how did you become a Temple football fan? Yeah, so uh, I, like probably a lot of people, in, uh, in 2003, uh, my, my, my dad wanted to go to the link because it was brand new at the time. And uh, we couldn't afford Eagles tickets. So it was like, all right, well, let's go to, let's go to a Temple game because – you know, that's that's affordable family fun. <laughs> that's so, $10. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. So we went to Temple versus Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech was ranked at the time. Uh, this was post Mike Vick, uh, pre Marcus. Uh, but uh, Kevin Jones was on the team. He's probably like the big guy from O'Hara. So it was a homecoming of sorts for him. Um, but Temple was horrible. Uh, there's a surprise. And they somehow took that game down to the wire. Uh, Walter Washington was the quarterback. Uh, he played great and uh the game goes into double overtime they they scored a touchdown on like a miraculous play and then they missed an extra point to to, to keep the overtime going uh but that kind of caught me the bug a little bit that was me going into high school and then um you know that was probably two years before golden and then once golden got hired that's when it really ramped up because i would routinely every day like bring the daily news to to school and read the daily news while during class basically um some teachers really didn't like that and <laughs> what would end up happening was like every day there'd be a little blurb during the golden era of like temple got this recruit um he had offers from navy buffalo and i don't know uh wake forest and none of those teams were good but you could see the turnaround happening of like oh crap golden's getting this guy who actually had offers from anywhere but you know uh little sisters of the poor yeah <laughs> so you could slowly see like there was something building there and it was fun to watch that grow um when i was a senior one of the juniors in my high school my high school team was was horrible a lot like temple uh back then really bad but we had one d1 recruit and i was i would tell him all the time like yo temple's a place to go turns out he went to a camp ends up getting offered by temple so um that's really how it like got ingrained in me that and then the basketball program obviously with uh with uh Cheney at first, you know, and then um Dumphy taking over. I just got I followed the program. So um yeah, that's that's how that happened. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the Al Golden years, and that is obviously, you know, what every Temple fan knows as like when they turn it around. I was fortunate 
Uh, my freshman year at Temple was uh, when Bernard Pierce's freshman year, and they had that first like really good season. And you could see, you know, the the wheels were in motion. You know, after three or four years of him getting those recruits, like you said, finally he's getting people who have solidified like offers from somewhere else. Um, so that I was I was fortunate in that. And then obviously everybody knows how Matt Rule kept going. And you mentioned the the Penn State and game day year. Um, so that's cool, and that's that's cool that uh. You know, you you started out as a fan just because you're going to the link because it was much cheaper than the Eagles tickets. <laughs> yeah, and it was also like I, I enjoyed the whole like they're not good because everybody in the area was either a, a Penn State fan or a Notre Dame fan, which I'm sure you've encountered, right? So yeah. then it was like, well, there's there's a team here, but nobody nobody liked them because they weren't very good, which I understand. They would get beat up in the Big East, but nobody followed the program and. um and I kind of liked that about him. So it was also like, I'd, you know, I'd, I'd get NCAA every year and I'd, I'd start like a career mode with Temple because it was a rebuild. But then when you actually saw a guy come in and, and Al Golden and actually start to rebuild it, it was just fun. It's fun to watch that happen in, in real time. So, you know, I could sit there and, and watch Penn State get the 19th, you know, five-star recruit they had. That's no fun. Um, or actually watch something grow. Uh, I ended up uh, kind of backfiring for years because every year I'd be like, oh, they're going to win the Mac. <laughs> and then, yeah, they never, they never did that. But uh, it, it was, it was, I felt like more, more fun because you know I'm like proud to be from Philly, and that was like the real Philly team. And it always just annoyed me that everybody was like, Penn State, and it's like I'm a Notre Dame fan because my name's O'Malley. All right, well, where's Notre Dame on a map? They can't find it, and that just <laughs> drove that nothing, nothing drives me nuts more than like a, a Notre Dame fan from five points in Northeast Philly. I can say that because that's where I'm from, but um. <laughs> But yeah, it was uh, it was fun to to watch the program, and then you know I tried I applied to Temple, uh, and college. They sent me a very nice letter that said no, thank you, uh, and I only really wanted to go there because the sports teams, and um, and I ended up going to Newman and the Harvard of Aston. I planned on transferring to Temple, but I never did. But I would I would hang out there a lot. My uh, my girlfriend now wife at the time, she went to Temple, so I would go there on the weekends, pretend to be a student. Um, and then I end up going to the games. So it, I had I had a somewhat Temple experience without actually the degree or the classes or the Monday through Friday routine. Uh, no, and it's funny you mentioned the, the college football because it's uh, the video game. Because I, I always kind of think of that same thing. Like I played the game growing up and it was fun, like being like, you know, the worst team and try to create. It's almost like you're like the process Sixers. Like we have the yeah. worst team and I'm going to – now, you know, you bought the game in 2004, so it's like, by 2012, we're going to be really good. So I, I did that same experience. Yeah, you'd, you'd like, download the rosters, and uh, all of a sudden you felt – it helped you, like, learn the roster, too, of the actual team. Because yes. I would download the rosters by some guy who had way too much time on his hands, and yep. he uploaded it to the PlayStation Network. And then you really learn these players and stuff. And uh, and it was cool to, to really see the transformation of this team go from – you know, getting one vote shy of getting just disbanding the program to to where they are even now. I mean, with the Drayton era, where there's at least a contingent of the fans that pay attention. It's it's kind of remarkable where they were where they were 20 years ago. So that's a good segue there. You mentioned the Stan and Drayton era. Uh, so we had a game on Saturday. Uh, I was listening to you guys yesterday. I think you and Kincaid said you were uh, texting about the game. So you obviously caught it. Um, first half. Up three nothing looked promising, and then the, the defense could only you know hold them so much. I think it, like I don't really pin that on them. Uh, what were your thoughts on the game Saturday? And uh, you know, 
I, I'm sure you have same thoughts as me, but what were your thoughts? Yeah, uh, you have to love either Temple or Memphis to have stomached all four quarters of that game because, my God, was it ugly on both sides. Just a hideous performance. It's one of those, like, you just question, hey, may- maybe I should have just hopped on the Clemson bandwagon or been a Georgia yeah, fan. Right. I just, <laughs> it was hideous, but you're right. It's it's like the defense – I think the defense hadn't given up a touchdown in, like, 11 quarters or something. So they, they've been unbelievable. And the fact – you know, like, look, it's against inferior competition. It's against – uh, Lafayette's of yeah. the world, and I mean, good, good, good game against Rutgers, uh, Big Ten opponent, but it's it's against inferior opponent. But I don't care who you are. I mean, the, the fact that that team uh, a year ago was uh, dead, and then the defense now is revitalized to the point where they're shutting teams out uh, is promising. And then they go into Memphis, a team that was favored by 18 points, and they go into the fourth quarter up three nothing. You gotta you gotta be impressed with that. And it's it's one of those where the score doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, it is unfortunate that, you know, the defense eventually just, you know, gave up some points, and that has to do with going forward on fourth down a couple times, not getting it. Um, but, I mean, overall, it, you know, this is a rebuilding year with uh, an over-under of two and a half wins. Uh, and, I mean, I feel good about where the program is now than I did a year ago, and especially after watching the build, the what the job that St. Drayton's done in four or five weeks or whatever it is. Um, it has been impressive where he's got these guys – fighting and I kind of expected eventually that them to lose that game because they're a young team first year head coach you know as you said like if you're playing UMass you'll probably win that game if you're playing Memphis an established uh, program um, you're probably going to lose it they eventually did uh, but I you know it was it, it was better than I expected I mean the score wise no because I ended up taking Temple on the points but um, that sucks uh, but uh, you, if, if you're a Temple fan that watched last year's team compared to what we watched on Saturday, I don't, I don't know how you'd, you'd be mad at what you watched. You know, you, you clearly see growth. Yeah, and you mentioned, uh, you know, just how abysmal of a game it was. I, I was watching it at a bar, and everybody kind of knows I'm, like, the Temple guy. And when it's, like, 3 nothing, and everyone's just like, is this, like, are you sure this is football? I think it was at one point, if you check the ESPN app, it was just like three and out punt, three and out punt, three and out punt, three and out, for both teams. Yeah. Like it was brutal for a long stretch there. Um, and then, yeah, the, the defense, um, you're, you're right. They've, they've come alive a lot in the last couple of weeks. I mean, the Rutgers game, the only touchdown they gave up was the pick six, and that doesn't count towards the defense. Um, and then obviously, yeah, last week was a shutout. Um, so no, the defense played great. It's just, they gave them so many opportunities, as you mentioned, uh, some fourth downs that we didn't convert. And I, I think I texted somebody during that game, at least Drayton's been consistent with his, like going for it on fourth downs and aggressiveness. Like he said that, I think it was after the Rutgers game. He's like, we want to be aggressive. Uh, it just hasn't worked out a lot. So I think he might have to revisit that. Uh, I mean, I his- like it. I like it for a young squad to just show them. Uh, the faith on both sides, like the faith in the defense of like, Hey, we don't get it. I got, I, I got faith that you'll get a stop faith in the offense. Obviously it's young. Um, I, I probably, if, if they had expectations of like winning the conference, I probably would be more annoyed than I am, but I do like the message that he's sending by yeah. doing. Uh, I will say I probably would have taken the points when they were in field goal range. Like I think it was like the first quarter or something. Yeah, it was. Court, they didn't get it. And um, so, but in the end of the day, it doesn't really matter, but I do, I do enjoy the message that he's sending to these guys, and I think that you're seeing why he's such a popular uh, – he, he was such a popular coach uh, in college football leading up to, you know, obviously, the stretch of tenure – or Ted Temple. 
Uh, yeah, and I, I was definitely somebody saying that at the TV, like, just take the points. And then part of me is like, if they get it, I'll be super happy. Yeah. Um, the the offense, uh, what are your thoughts so far on EJ Warner? Obviously, 18 years old. I don't think he's maybe six foot, 170 pounds. And even his dad said uh, last week they really didn't expect him to play much uh, this year. They thought he was going to redshirt. So, I mean, if you know all that, it's hard to be mad at him. But what were your thoughts so far on him? It, I mean, the parallels between – it's funny, you know, like, obviously we were recording this and the Eagles won yesterday and they're they're 4-0. And you look at the parallels between that Eagles team and the 2017 team, it's like they, they can't be ignored. They, they just can't. Like, second year – I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but it, they can't be ignored. And it's really – it's interesting to look at the Drayton era and Matt Rule's first year, and it's like the parallels are there too. Where you just it's, it's tough to ignore. Of You had a quarterback. You wanted to redshirt him. Your guy wasn't getting it done. You bring him in. I don't know about you. I was like, why are you burning his redshirt? Uh, and then he performs really well immediately. He gets the offense clicking. And then you see flashes where, you know, I mean, that, that bomb that UMass, that 50-yard bomb was like, Jesus, like that's that's not a six month removed from high school, you know, arm. Uh, that's legit. It, I but I mean, there's growing pains there. It, you know, he, the two interceptions against UMass, he threw off his back foot. He rushed it. He can probably get away with that in high school. He's got to learn that he can't get away with that in college. The interception to kind of clinch the the win uh, on Saturday was a bad decision. He just probably got to eat that ball. He tries to fit it in. You know, it gets picked off. I mean, you're, you're, you 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 you. If I showed you tape of the kid, you'd probably guess, all right, he's a freshman quarterback. Because if I told you that he was a redshirt sophomore or a junior or a senior, you'd be like, wow, you guys need work. But you see the flashes in him, and um, he he definitely looks like he's been coached up by by Kurt, where he just yeah, – the, as, as soon as he got in there the first game, he got popped big time. And delivered like a 30-yard strike. And that's when like I really was like, oh, okay, we we have something. Because with Dewan, it was I felt like he I mean, somebody breathed on him and he was he was rushing out of the pocket. I don't blame him. I don't want to get hit either. I right? like, but at the at the same time, like to be a quarterback, you gotta you gotta be willing to be patient enough to sit in the pocket, deliver a strike. And it it kind of reminded have you seen the Kurt Warner movie, The American Underdog? I have not. Horrible. So one of the worst movies I saw last year. But there is a scene where uh Zachary Levi plays Kurt is in college he doesn't understand why he's not playing and the coach is like dude you you rush out of the pocket as soon as any sign of danger hits like you need to learn to stay in the pocket and get hit and it's just a montage of him getting drilled and while that movie's terrible and I want the two hours I wasted on it back I at least I see that like EJ has been instilled in that of like at times it's worth to get to take the hit to make a play and I think that the the players are are resonating with that as well. They're uh, they're on board with EJ. It was interesting how, I mean, within two weeks, guys are tweeting about like EJ is the goat and EJ is great and and it's it's cool that Dewan seemed to be. I don't want to say he's on board, but at least he was willing to make the switch to wide receiver. Um, so I I don't want to say he's you know the next PJ Walker. That's like completely unfair to the kid. But I feel a lot better about the quarterback situation now than I did probably to start the season. And it is interesting that he didn't. The, the Warners didn't think he was going to play. And then you find out that he was pissed off. He didn't win the job at a, at a camp. Like, I like his mindset. He's just got to learn things uh, that he will. He'll learn all these, but he's got to learn, like, when to make a throw, when not to, um, when to just eat it, when to throw it away. Like, he was – he's still making too many throws off his back foot when mistakes are made where he's just, like, heaving it up. And, you know, out in, like, you know, Chandler, Arizona, that that's going to work on a Friday night. But against D1 
one college player, they're going to pick you off. And he's, he's quickly getting that, but I do have the faith that he will, he will be a quick study because everything you hear about the kid, he, he you know, he lives in the film room and that's all he does. And you know, obviously know the, the, the house, the house that he's coming from with Kurt and Brenda, you know, and kids not out partying probably. So um, I, I feel, I feel pretty good because as you know, in college football, if you don't have a quarterback, you know, you're, you're screwed um, or you're a Navy. So I feel, I feel pretty good about, I feel pretty good about the situation. Yeah, I, I definitely everything you just said, I think you hit every point I've probably made or would have made, uh, you know, last couple of weeks to somebody. Uh, Dewan, he just wasn't doing it. Like you said, running out of the pocket. Just, I mean, the ball was hiked and yeah, the offensive line's been pretty bad and he probably had to feel like he was running for his life. But like, just stay there and try to make a throw. Um, and then I think everybody was shocked when Warner came in and you're like, well, why is Patterson getting jumped? And, you know, everybody was kind of like we have a guy who transferred from uh, Georgia. We have a guy who transferred from originally Virginia tech and then North Dakota state. And now we're going to roll out this, uh, this little freshman and see what he's got. But you definitely can see the offense has clicked much better with him in there. Despite, as you mentioned, his, his couple of mistakes, the interceptions that I think you said that best that, you know, they're probably throws he got away with in high school and now he's just seeing and adjusting. And uh, yeah, people have said he's a, a film room nut. So in two to three weeks, he's probably fixing that. So it's been fun to watch him. Uh, obviously, you're rooting for the kid like hell, um, knowing that, you know, he his dad's this underdog story. He kind of doesn't fully look the quarterback part. And um, it, you obviously you want Temple to be good. Um, so it will be fun to kind of see him going further. And yeah, ex expectations were fairly low this season. So it's it's if he learns and makes it this season, uh, I, I'm very excited for next year. Yeah, I think you, you touched on something there, though, the, the Quincy Patterson. Um, there's one complaint I have so far about Sandra It's he needs to learn that the Todd Santeo package only works if you actually have him throw the ball once in a while, because at this point it's been uh, four weeks, five weeks, whatever it is. Like everybody knows when he comes in, he's running the football. Everybody yeah. knows it's, and you don't have a good offensive line, as you said. So that whole shtick is only, I understand you want to placate the kid and get him some playing time and, you don't want to waste his, 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 you know, his, his time, for lack of a better term. But, like, Stan, you got to have him throw at least once or twice. I know he doesn't have a great arm, but just keep the keep the D honest, man. It's yeah, – I'm not surprised he's getting stopped in the line when it's like he comes in and it's, all right, running play. Yeah, the, the so read that, option. That's... He had one on Saturday. They showed the replay. It looked like it was fourth and one, and he could have went – if he just went outside, it was wide open, and he went straight up the middle and lost yep. of two, and it was a turnover. Um and, and you mentioned this, uh, Mathis moving to wide receiver shows, you know, I'm sure he didn't want to do that, but I think he kind of got a bad rep as like not a team player for some reason. And it's like, no, like he made the move. I do think Stan's kind of overdoing it. I doubt he's ready to like, he's already gotten more snaps yeah. in two games. And I thought he would have gotten all season at wide receiver. Uh, but I, maybe they see something or maybe they're just trying to make him happy as well. I, I um, think it's probably a mix of both there. Right. I mean, if you're Mathis, you're like, all right, I already transferred. If I transfer again, I'm going, I'm going down. I don't mm. want to do that. I mean, I went from Georgia and now I'm returning back to back to Detroit and I'm I'm playing with like what Detroit Mercy, I, whoever yeah. like they're one double A pro. So he doesn't want to do that. And I think it was like, all right, hey, if you if you if you look good in practice, we'll throw you out there. He did though have a lot more playing time against uh, Memphis than I thought, just like you did. Like I was surprised when they threw to the end zone and uh and it was like to Dewan Mathis and I was like oh he's yeah already in there I will say like he 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 didn't 
look horrible in, no. in the in the job. I mean, he he looked like a wide receiver, but you're right. He's, he's six probably... five and athletic. I I I get what the mindset from everybody is. Like he should be a decent wide receiver. But if I was like a guy who's been playing that position for three or four years, and I'm like, this guy's been playing it for three weeks, I'd be a little annoyed. yeah. It's it's probably. <laughs> I mean, this is a horrible comparison, absolutely atrocious. So uh, feel free to cut this out. It reminds me of um. Did you watch the show Friday Night Lights? I watched the first season, and that was it. Oh man, come on! Like, I know. Incredible. <laughs> Second season's mad, but the rest of it's great. Anyway, one of the one of the quarterbacks ends up making the switch to wide receiver, and he makes the whole case to the coach about why it makes sense. And as stupid as it sounds, like that really made me change my opinion on like, oh, they can't do that. So like, well, they do know the offense best. They know the routes. They know where they're supposed to be. And, um, you're right though. If I was uh, one of these guys, uh, I don't know, um, somebody uh, that was like a junior. And I'm sitting there like biding my time, and then Dewan Mathis gets in there. I'm, I'm probably questioning some things, but you're right. He, look, you said it about he's an athletic freak, six foot five. You don't have that size. They don't have that size in their wide receiver room, other than him. Uh, every team is looking for a big target, and he's maybe going to be their, their their red zone guy. And if that's the case, I mean, he did he did leap over the guy, and he probably should have had that catch. And I think with more training, he probably will make that catch. But um, I think that that uh, Stan has such a good hold of this locker room that he he probably won't let that like under Kerry I think that festers and you have mm-hmm. guys bitter and guys you know talking behind people's back for whatever reason Stan and I just get a totally different sense of the locker room that he has where he has the faith to put a guy in knowing full well that like the teammates are going to be behind him and I think you're right it does go a long way that uh, Mathis was willing to make the switch be a team guy not right away just quit the program and announce he's transferring. Uh, he, he did get a bad rap by the fan base. I think it had to do with the fact that like he announced that he was in the portal and then he came back and all, all fans heard was he was in the portal. It's like, wait, you came here with the hype. You didn't play well. And now you're transferring out. Like who the hell do you think you are? Um, but he was put in a bad situation, you know, and, uh, uh, by Carrie and, uh, and he didn't pan out as quarterback. I think we all had high hopes. You had a kid from Georgia who was starting for them and you're like, Oh, okay. Well, see what he can do. He wasn't very good. Um, but it'll be interesting to see his, his growth in that, in that new position that I doubt he's ever played. Yeah. Uh, we haven't touched too much on the defense. What are like, obviously Sunday or Saturday, uh, it did just catch up to him. Uh, but what have you seen so far from the defense, uh, you know, player specific wise and just, you know, how, uh, I think you said earlier, like, you know, last year's defense was so bad. So it is nice to see them the way they're playing. But after watching the defense, even Saturday, give up the 20 points, 21, four points at the end of the game. Uh, they've been very exciting. Uh, so you, you, you mentioned that me and Kincaid were texting back and forth. And the, the the thing that we were talking about was like, man, just look at how bad of a job Kerry and his staff did. If Stan Drayton is getting this out of primarily the same guys, like all the guys making plays were there last year. I mean, like 95% of them were there last year. And Last year's squad isn't getting the quarterback nearly as much. They're not causing turnovers. There's no um, like juice on the sideline to steal a Jeff Collins term. Like there was just nothing. And then this year, it's like all of a sudden they just flip a switch. I mean, no, it's pretty clear that. Uh, and I, I have blocked a lot of the, um, the the Rod Carey tenure, so I forget the defensive coordinator for him. Um, but it was clear that like they didn't have a damn clue what they were doing. They were put guys in bad positions because. 
you can't tell me that in seven months the guy just taps on all this untapped potential with multiple players that the fan base had been waiting for. Like Leighton Jordan, we've been hearing about. We've been waiting for him to, to pop off. He finally does understand Dre. Um, Jordan McGee's another guy. Like you, you've been waiting for him. You've been hearing about him. He carry got nothing from him. Um, and, and I couldn't help, just help but think, man, if they if they just convinced MJ Griffith not to transfer, how different it would be. And it's not like their secondary has been bad, but it's like the one guy that Kerry got that could actually play. Um, but uh, it, look, they've been impressive. I, I don't care how you slice it. Yeah, you know they the, they got blown out in the first half against Duke, and then what's lost in that is that they shut Duke down in the second quarter or second quarter, second half. Um, and then you know in week two they go out and they play Lafayette, and you're supposed to be Lafayette, but they did convincingly. Week three was a big test against Rutgers because you know it's it's a Big Ten opponent, and they looked great. They they. Mm-hmm. They, they should have won that game. And if it isn't for an EJ Warner pick six, they, they would have won that game. Um, UMass is a bad opponent, but you should beat them. But they did. And the, the defense really kept them in that game when the offense couldn't get anything going. It was the defense that stood up. And uh, obviously on Saturday, you know, they, they shut Memphis out for three quarters. And Memphis is a – they're not the Memphis of old, but, I mean, they do have a, a, a veteran quarterback who knows what he's doing. And they were able to, to stymie that. So, I mean, they've – They've been the backbone of your team right now, and they've probably been a big reason why Stan feels so comfortable with going for a fourth down and going to a, a a true freshman quarterback because it's like, well, look, I'll, I'll take whatever EJ Warner gives me, but my defense is really going to win me games, and that's that's basically what they've been doing. Their defense has been winning them games, and going down the stretch, you figure that if they're going to you know, beat a Navy, which at this point I'm pretty confident they will, um, if they're going to beat uh, USF, which I'm pretty confident they will, uh, it's probably going to be primarily from the defensive effort and and, uh, and them getting after it. I mean, they were they were all over uh, Memphis on on Saturday. So, look, the score just isn't indicative of, of how they played. It, the defense was, was studs, and the offense just needs to pick it up. But it'll happen in in time. I hope, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> that that MJ Griffin one, I had not thought of that, but that is a, a great point. If you throw him back there as a DB or safety right now. I mean, he he was really good. Um, so I I mean, I'm happy you mentioned that to me, and I almost wish you didn't mention that to me. Uh, yeah, and, and I I just bring it up just because it was amazing the exodus during the carry era of every player who actually had talent, mm-hmm. and then they would they would try to get these guys these tra- the, the Keyshawn Pauls of the world the transfers in of you know he went to a, a big time school then pan out transferring down, and it was like okay well let's see if these guys can 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 fit fill the void of an Ifan Maje uh, yeah, or an Arlo Ebiketti. None of them really could. And then now you're just wondering, well, could they have done it? And it was just a matter of poor coaching. But the one guy that Kerry got that I'll give you credit for, that was like a, his recruit that he convinced to come was, was MJ. And it was like right off the bat. It's like, all right, at least we have him. Yeah. And then he transfers out. And it's, it, you know, it's, it, it's before they hired Stan. So they, I don't, you know, it wasn't even a situation that they could, I don't think they could convince him to come back because I do think Stan Stan's recruiting isn't like his pitch is is there. Yeah, he's um, been great, but it's just, it's unfortunate. I I and and once again, I just I want to preface it by saying like it's not like the secondary has been bad. I just can't help but think how much better the defense would be had he not transferred out. Yeah, and uh, it, you, the way you mentioned just how awful the defense had been, you know, last year with Rod Carey, essentially the whole team kind of quits on him. And you're right, you know, it's these players that we've seen making plays this year are guys who were here last year and 
uh, whether that was coaching or just motivation now. Um, I don't know if you've seen DJ Elliott just on the sidelines, but like Saturday, he was so fired up. He looks, I mean, I don't know how much, if he does this for two more years, he's getting a head coaching job, I think. Like he is just yeah. coaching this team out of his mind. I think there was a penalty on Saturday against us that was really badly called. And he was like up and at it at the ref. Uh, I even, I texted a friend. I was like, if I'm DJ Elliott, I'm like threatening to like yell at the offensive team. Like, Hey guys, we're doing our part. You guys got to figure it out. I'm Uh, sure that was addressed. Yeah. He, he's been such a treat. And uh, I was watching the game with a couple guys who were, you know, neutral. They were just betting on the game. And even they looked at me as like, yo, Temple is like flying to the ball and they're making tackles. Um, it, it looked like the old Temple tough. I mean, once again, we're talking about the parallels between the rule era, but it looked like that old school chip on your shoulder defense that that I fell in love with. It you fell in love, that every Temple fan fell in love. With. Like that's our that's the best Temple team any of us have ever watched, and they were really led by that chip on the shoulder. And and you're right, like he just the 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 energy that he brings. Um, you know, I I I always think. Jeff Collins got like a horrible rap here by the majority of the fan base. But um, and, and a lot of this stuff the fans hated was like the quote unquote, like the corniness of the money yeah. downs and, the, yeah. you know, the juice points and all that. But like that, that's important in college football. And if you went to a Temple game last year and you looked at the sideline, it was a damn morgue. Like it mm. was I mean, those kids didn't want to be there. Uh, which, you know, as a fan, I'm like, well, why do I want to be here? Um, yeah. But that defense was so bad that I would hop on a betting app i would bet an alternative spread as high as i could go for the opponent and then as the game went on i would do it three more times so if like the spread was 18 i would bet it 25 and then as soon as the opponent scored i would bet it 30 and then it's I, and I, I made so much money off that defense just sucking and then dj Elliott comes in and all of a sudden he's got these guys clicking it's i had the same thought man like he's not going to be here very long if he gets two more years out of this because people will take notice the broadcast, uh, I don't know if they had the bar that you watched that had the broadcast on. Um, usually never a good listen, but they were praising the defense and the job that they were doing. There was not a lot to praise in that game other than the defensive effort. But, yeah, it, it was something that I didn't expect. You kind of figured that Memphis was going to – at Memphis, you figured Memphis was going to hammer them. And that wasn't the case at all. He, he's got those guys just playing that temple toughness that, that we love. No, it's, it's been so good to see. Uh, that we're back to that. Uh, hopefully they can keep it up. Um, no, no game this week. We are on the bye. Um, but just going forward to the rest of the season, any, anything in particular you're looking forward to um, or looking for, you know, specifically from this team? Yeah. UCF is going to be rough. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't care how good the defense is. That's going to be probably a rough watch. Um, I hate the fact that like the next game I can go to is until like November. That sucks because of my schedule. Um, but I'm just, I'm happy that like, I can finally go back and, and, and not hate watch this team because I'm like kind of curtailing it, man. Like I hated Rod Carey. I absolutely, like, I can't say enough of bad things. I wish that made nothing but the worst. Uh, I, you're probably supposed to be professional and no, no he's a great guy. I don't care. Like he can get his put on cast out of here. Like I hated him and I hate watched that team last year so much. And it was, it was a, an experience that like I had never had watching temple football even under adazio i didn't hate watch the team but to watch where they were to watch the team that that collins left him to the team that they had become was uh depressing so i i can't wait to see the growth that that drayton has uh i i uh when when the whole coaching process was happening 
I reached out to a buddy that, that knew Drayton really well. And I didn't know anything about Drayton. And I was like, yo, hey, man, like, what's the deal with this guy? And he called me right away and just started raving about him, like saying that this dude's could be Temple's Andy Reid. He's a player's coach, but he knows when to get get on guys. He's not just going to be run over and his recruiting is, is top notch. And, and then you see, you know, the, the list of guys he's got. So I just can't wait to see the growth of this team, even further the growth of EJ and then uh, the recruiting class that he's able to convince these guys. Because look, it's not it's not an easy sell. I mean, it's like, hey, come to a, a bad neighborhood of Philadelphia, uh, play in front of uh, no fans. And even when we have a good crowd, it looks empty because we're playing a 70,000 seat place. Um, and uh, oh, NIL. Yeah, I mean, we have it. You can go get it. But it's not like we're hooking you up with anything. Like it's a tough sell, and he's gonna be. He, he's already. You're already seeing him get some guys that you're like, oh, okay. Uh, didn't really expect him to go down and get some tight end from England uh, at the IMG Academy, but it's worth a flyer, right? So, uh, it's really just for me the growth, and then one more win because I put way too much money on the over for two and a half wins, like way too much. So, uh, one more win, and I'm gonna be buying an island. You won't see me again, but. <laughs> But it's yeah, it's it's just about the growth of this team. I'm not like, I'm not gonna be getting mad if they lose games. I'm just gonna be kind of watching which players flash and and uh, in the recruiting class. Yeah, and you, you mentioned you know between Navy, USF. I think we do get that one win. And even if they lose one of those, I think there's a couple other games that are 50-50 that they might just squeak out if the offense figures it out. Um, so yeah, everything you mentioned, I'm very very excited for um, going forward. Um, we'll end with, uh, two things I wanted to mention. Uh, first one you do a, uh, for Al scoop, you always send in some good mailbag questions. I just want to know the, uh, the thought process. Where do you come up with some of your fun questions for Al scoop? Yeah, I've been slacking. I've been slacking for the boys. I apologize. You can hear my dog barking. He's so excited good. for staying for staying drained. Um, <laughs> and not my wife coming home. Um, yeah, definitely slacking for the boys. I, uh, ever since I started doing the morning show, which was about two years ago. Like I was pretty steady Eddie with like the questions. And then they always, they always end up either reaching out for questions or uh, John will hit me up when I'm taking a nap and I always end up seeing it too late. So I need, I do need to return to that. Um, you know, I think it was just to like keep it fun. Cause I, I feel like a lot of times they'll kind of get the same generalized questions. So I try to, I try to football wise, I try to keep it unique. I don't want to be the, uh, just the jackass on, on, uh, on, on the mailbag. Uh, but then it was just to keep the things loose because I always in, in the podcast that I listen to, including that one, I always find it more enjoyable when you find out about the people themselves and not just necessarily the X's and O's like anyone can break down football. And I think a common theme that you'll see with college kids is like they want to prove themselves. They want to prove either why they're writing for this website, why they're why they got this internship, why they're on this podcast. So you don't see their personality a lot of times. They just, they're breaking down the X's and O's and that is it. And it's very cut and dry. And you're like, I know you're not a robot. Like I know you're a college kid. You have, you have a personality. So I would come up with, you know, just uh, crazy ass questions to, to try to get uh, some of the personality out of them. Um, and I, I think it worked uh, where you end up learning about really the hosts and not necessarily just the team. And I'm sure there's probably some 60 year old guy that, that hates it every time John says, Let's go to our buddy Pat Egan. He's got a two-parter. I'm I'm positive that there's somebody that hates it and turns it off right away. But I would like to think the guys enjoy it just because it breaks up the monotony, especially last year. Like you're breaking down a bad football team, yeah. and then a basketball team that 
I don't want to say they underperformed because when Caleb went out, it was it was tough. But you know, you're for, for all intents and purposes, you're breaking down two bad programs. It's like like it's not fun. So we try to I I I take some ayahuasca like Aaron Rodgers. I go in the woods and I come out with a question. Um, I I try I try like hell though not to like repeat the same. I don't want to say the same question, but like the same uh, neighborhood ish. You know, of like if I ask something about you wake up in a room, there's three dead bodies and uh i try not to like go back to that well and i i i probably need to take more ayahuasca and get more creative with it but uh but that's the whole genesis of it really was just to like have the guy's personality show a little bit more because i know it's in there i just i just was interested in who they are i don't i know john and i know kyle a little bit but other than that like i i don't know the rest of that of that podcast like i don't know them personally but i know that they have a personality so i'm always interested in that so that's the whole genesis of it was uh was really just trying to rip out some personality from him. I, I guarantee you by the end of last season, John was probably like, Pat, please come in through because I can't talk about another 42 to 7 loss about Rod Carey. So he probably yeah. definitely appreciated it. <laughs> it. And it's like, you know, and, and I, I don't know how often you listen to, the, to them because uh, you guys are rival podcasts and you probably meet up. And no, I've, like, I've had most of them on. We're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and have, have knife fights in the parking lot like Anchorman. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like, John will go to the mailbag and he doesn't want to ignore people. So he'll be like, well, you know, uh, what do you think uh, Temple's uh, defense is going to do next week? Well, we already covered that. Uh, And then I'll do a quick repeat. And that's the thing. You reach the end of the season and there's only so many questions that you can ask that are like that haven't that, you know, haven't been covered. Like, I know that they're going to cover the progression of EJ Warner. So, like, why am I going to ask about that? I know they're going to cover uh the job that Aaron McKee's doing so like why am I gonna ask about that I'm wasting my time and I always feel bad when I do ask a question that they have already kind of covered mm-hmm. and it's like all right let's just rush to, let's just rush to a, yeah. to a stupid question about what what Halloween candy would would I you know uh trade an island for or some some crap um <laughs> but you're right I mean it's like they're doing it out of a labor of love and and just like you you're doing this out of a labor of love of, of a program and uh eventually you got to have fun because hell that that team last year was nothing enjoyable it sucked now and uh pat last thing i really wanted to mention um this was a uh, really cool because last year well i guess it was february or march uh by that time was the first time i reached out to you to try to see if we could hook something up and you know your busy schedule you're doing a, a bunch of stuff over at 97.5 and uh, if you'll recall, I actually got my head shaved for uh, St. Baldrick's um, and you donated to me and you'd never met me before, aside from a, a DM of, of tweet me asking you to do me a favor. Um, and I still remember when I saw that you donated to me and my cause, um, I, that felt really cool. And it just showed the person that you were. So I really wanted to end with that and just give the people uh, a little uh, insight on how nice of a guy Pat Egan is. Uh, yeah, don't say it too loud. I, I like to keep my bad boy image, but um yeah, I, I like to think that eventually, uh, if I need like help with anything, and you know, people will people will be generous enough. So it's like, if you if you have it, donate it. Um, for a while, and I probably need to get back to it. For a while, I was doing a like a GoFundMe challenge of like people could could tweet me GoFundMe's, and I would uh I would donate uh some cash to it, and every Friday or whatever, I donate like ten bucks and um try to get it was like during the pandemic so it was like everybody was kind of in a, in a bad mood and it was i was fortunate enough to like have a little bit of disposable income at the time so um and then after after 
a couple months, like people just weren't sending me GoFundMe's, GoFundMe's anymore. Um, so I guess I hit every single GoFundMe in the world, but I probably <laughs> need to get back to it. But yeah, um, anytime you do that, man, just, just, I, I feel like it's easy to hit a retweet, but I mean, I, I have what, 20, 10, 25, 30 bucks, whatever it is. Uh, I can not go to Wawa for a day. I'll tell myself that I'll still go to Wawa. Yes. To be honest with you. That's the I, whole thing is like, yeah, like, all right, you know, I can skip Starbucks for a day or two. Like, I don't go to Starbucks, but like I go to Wawa every day. And I'm not going to stop doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, happy to do it. Uh, and if you're willing to shave your head for it, that's that's dedication. So any if you do it, if you do it again, hit me up. Uh, I'll be happy to retweet and donate and all that good stuff. Uh, absolutely will. And uh, maybe uh, around December, we'll get you on again. Maybe do like a football recap slash uh, basketball show. All right. Yeah, to talk about the uh, the, the the game day and uh, the national championship. And, yes. Uh, that was one of the things that I texted Kincaid. It was like three nothing, and I'm like, I think game day's next. I think game yeah. day and the national championship. Who says no? So we're, we're uh, back. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're back. Um, let everybody know. So I think uh, I think in March we'll be in a pretty good mood because I, I do have uh, positive feelings about this basketball team, and then I think the football team will. Well, already have clinched me my my bet. Uh, God, I hope so. Or you're not getting that donation. I'll be setting up a I'll be setting up a GoFundMe for myself. Yeah. We'll we'll be GoFundMe. So, uh, yeah, man. Hit, yeah, hit, hit me up, man. I'll be happy to do it. Awesome. Thanks again for doing this. Um, check Pat out. He does the morning shows, 97.5 with uh, Jamie Lynch, Bob Cooney, John Kincaid. They're always a great time. I listen to you guys in the morning for my it's, my 17 minute commute. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's not, always a good. It's not the worst listen. There no, are worse. Probably not the best, but it's not the worst. I think uh, this morning you guys were talking about when you guys like fake yell at each other and how like people sometimes don't get it. I enjoyed that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So so thank you behind the scenes. So me and Jamie were out on Jalen Hurts. Uh, John has this thing of like throwing the flag. Um, so last year when Jalen Hurts was struggling, Jamie was the first one to do it. Uh, he did it after the Vegas game. I want to say I did it after the Giants game. I went off on Jalen Hurts. He sucks, and he's a poor man, Tyrod Taylor. So, uh, and this is this is one of the things I hate about sports. This is why no one ever admits they're wrong because now me and Jamie are getting mocked <laughs> by by guys on the show, by each other. There's infighting and all that. So, during the break, we we head back there, and um, me and Jamie were playing this this horrible game of who was more wrong about Jalen Hurts, and and we love it. Like we love the fact we were wrong because they're four zero. And little do we know, there's some guy fixing a window like two feet away. We have no idea who this guy is. It's Seven o'clock in the morning. And me and Jamie are yelling at each other, like, why is he doing this? Why is he making us look stupid? Like, this is – but it's awesome because we're good. And we're no one's in the office, so we're screaming at the top of our lungs. And then Bob had to point out, yeah, there's a guy, like, standing right over there. And, and idiots <laughs> are yelling at each other. So, uh, they're, they're, it's a fun group. But, but yes, when the blame's going around, there's a lot of infighting. And um, while I love them, Jamie makes it hard to love them at times. I don't know if you heard when I said that, but – He's he's um he he threw the flag too and um he has bad takes as well not as many as me but uh you know it's it's a good group it's a good group I think I think we'll just close with saying that it's a good group of guys <laughs> I'll I'll tweet this at Jamie and say Pat says Jamie's hard to love tomorrow tune in he knows it he knows it he knows he's hard to love and he brings it upon himself but you know we gotta love him. he's ours awesome well Pat thank you again. Uh, like I said, no no game this upcoming week, so we don't have to worry about losing any bets, no Temple losses this upcoming week. Uh, but I'm sure they'll keep us going the rest of the season. Yeah, man. Go to you. Thanks, Pat. And as always, guys, I'll be back.